this is going to be a very interesting lesson for somebody who's going to hear this. Uh, um, in 2013, we all know uh, around that time, it was the Christopher Donner uh, situation. I was 21 at the time when it was reported. So, uh, in my eyes, I went along with what was being said in the media. Um, now, I'm only bringing this up because somehow black people especially celebrate this man like you know as if he did something you know uh, courageous to uh, say the least but um, uh, I'm posting these two clips from the uh, cows program where Gus speaks to Millie Fuller uh, along with him giving his uh, thoughts on it and uh, uh, the uh, following week after he was uh, after Dorner was reported uh, murdered um, uh, Gus talks to the uh, uh, callers um, well especially one caller who, who uh, talked about this uh, situation uh, where he felt as though this was probably the worst, and he said it himself, this is probably the worst day of his <laughs> day at the uh, job or plantation, as he would say it, um, after the uh, re election of um, Obama. So, uh, going to play the clips after I stop this recording. Here we go. Well, you try to stay away from anybody who you think might harm you, whether they're white or non-white. The world is full of harm. I mean, everything, every, everywhere you go, there's, there's harm, the potential for harm, because the white supremacists like for people to be in danger. That's, that's their thing. They glorify that. I mean, they pump that up. That's a part of their package. They're warlike. They have to be warlike. If you're going to have a system of racism, a system, a political and religious system based on mistreating people based on color, you have to be in a wartime mode at all times. So everyone is now on a battlefield and has been ever since the beginning of the system of white supremacy. Things just quiet down every now and then, or you're just allowed to come and go in certain little pockets. But you're in danger of uh, being harmed, either directly or indirectly, all the time. And you are being harmed if you're classified as non-white all of the time. It's just indirect. Gusty Renegade, uh, just a few quick comments uh, before the video continues. Uh, I saw that some non-white people who are a little less confused about racism, they wondered if actions of Christopher Dorner, if that might be uh, an example of Mr. Fuller's concept of maximum emergency compensatory justice uh, should be renamed maximum emergency compensatory act. Absolutely not. Not even close. Uh, any sort of counter violence, any sort of counter racist effort 
should not result in non-white people being harmed. Uh, that was the first thing that I saw when I started to investigate what had been reported about these incidents, and that was all I needed to see to know that there is nothing constructive happening here at all. Non-white people being harmed, in this case, two non-white people being killed, and this is supposed to be a response to racism, that is completely 5,000% unacceptable. It is in no way, shape, or form a counter-racist act. White people would still be most to blame, but this is nothing that black people, victims of racism, should be celebrating, condoning, supporting in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you can continue to watch the video to get more information just to see the harm that has resulted in this other non-white people being shot at uh, because the suspect in this case did not stand by their work. I think the final video that you'll see uh, where a black male uh, was pulled over at gunpoint because they said he looked like the suspect, Mr. Dorner. And I mean, that's just, it's incorrect all the way around. Uh, it reminded me when I was seeing they got this massive manhunt out for this uh, loose black male. It reminded me of Boston in the late 1980s with Charles Stewart, where a lot of black people were harmed when white people perceived that there was a melanin menace on the run in Boston. Just my view. I'll have more to say about this. Actually, I have a blog post on this that should be accompanying this video. You can check that out and continue to tune into the cows to get more information. Context of white supremacy. It is about replacing white supremacy with justice, not creating more problems for non-white people, and certainly not harming innocent victims of racism. Rubbing you? No, I have a little while. Okay. Um, we're live on the program. Uh, I was calling. The, have you been? Have you seen any of the reports about uh, Christopher Dorner, the black male in California, uh, who they suspect uh, shot and killed uh, three? Well, shot four people, killed three of them. Christopher. Christopher Dorner, uh, he's a black male. Oh, oh, uh, Los Angeles, right, uh, on the police force, the law right. enforcement. Right, 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 right. I, I heard a little bit about it. I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about it really to comment at this point because I just heard about it. Okay. They, uh, the first two people that were killed, like he, he wrote this long letter online or he's reported to have written this long letter online about having uh been a victim of racism uh, like he says uh, he worked he was a former lapd uh officer and he said that uh some of the white officers they were calling black people niggers and he uh physically assaulted them um after he told them to stop saying it and they continued to do so and he said you know i'm gonna stand up i'm a proud black man i'm not gonna let you know people disrespect us like that and uh, he talked about how it was a lot of racism uh, with the L.A. Police Department, and uh, he was saying that's what he was doing uh, with the issue. At least that's what's been reported online. And uh, a lot of, or I've seen a lot of black people, and they've been saying, yeah, right on. He's, you know, he's fighting against racism and going back and killing these people. But the first two victims in the case, they're both non-white people. Uh, and I just, 
I just thought it's, I cannot imagine how that fight and how that works against racism to attack other non-white people. Um, does that, I don't know, does that make any sense to you? That's why I say I'd have to learn more about it and all like that. And, you know, I'd just say my, own, my comments would just be according to what the code says. And, uh, hey, I just go back fundamentally what I put right in the front of the book. And that would apply to anybody in any situation that has anything to do with color. If you do not understand white supremacy, you're going to be confused about everything else. And you might wind up doing a whole bunch of stuff that's not going to make sense. In fact, that's a guarantee. You are going to do a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense. And that's all I would have to say about it at this point, simply because I don't know all the details. But from just what you're telling me, I mean, that, that you know, that doesn't make, you know, it's not logical. I mean, if there's a race problem, you got to understand a whole lot about that, not a little bit. you got to understand the whole system of racism as far as the basic concept of it and the basic practice of it before you make any moves at all and tell anybody anything. It's a lot of understanding you have to have if you're going to do it in a constructive manner. And apparently, uh, looks like in this particular case, certainly doesn't sound like anything constructive that has happened from what I've heard. So that would that would be that would be the only comment I'd make at this point, based on what you just told me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, the way that that the way that that wound up, I mean, no, no, that's all messed up. That's messed up from A to Z. Yes, it does not. That has not produced a constructive result. You have to understand. You know, the, the system of racism, you're dealing with a system, not just individuals. You're dealing with individuals, too, but the individuals are connected with a system. You're always connected with a system. You have to understand something about the system. What it is and how it works. Otherwise, you just get thrown off. Somebody has to get Everybody else who doesn't know, know and understand something about we are in a system of racism, an entire system, world system. That's where you have to start off every morning looking at it and everything that goes with that. If you don't understand the system of white supremacy, what it is and how it works, everything else that you understand will confuse you. That's, a, that, that's not a maybe you are going to be super confused. And you're going to act like confused people act. And that means multiple errors, one right after another. Because when people are confused, they make errors. One right after another, a whole bunch of them. As long as you're in that confused state. It's unfortunate, but that's the dominant factor in the entire world, confusion. And the white supremacists love it like that because they can handle it because they're not confused. 
suspected of being a racist. Anybody else who was harmed, that situation is all messed up. I don't care what the intent is. That intent is dead in the water. That whole scenario is, 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 is nothing constructive in it at all. Zero. Even if it's all by accident, it's all messed up. These accidents are not supposed to happen. Misunderstanding, whatever it is. If that's the result, hey, according to counter-racist logic, counter-racist science, it's messed up from top to bottom. Nothing constructive came out of that. Just on that alone, it's not supposed to happen. It's another tragedy. Just chalk it up to another junior league tragedy. That's all. Routine. It's another routine. No, no different from uh, Crips and Bloods. Worth absolutely nothing. When uh, I, I would like to speak with you after you've seen more of the details on this, I'm sure they're going to be talking to it because they're still they're still looking for him. He's still on the run. Um, yeah. Well, it's all messed up anyway. Only kind of just what you told me. I mean, hey, you got some. Somebody other than racist suspects dead? No. no, no, absolutely not. That's all messed up. I mean, that, that's a misunderstanding right there of what racism is all about. Total misunderstanding. Missed the point altogether. When, based on what you told me, that, you know, there were some accusations of racism. Well, if there's accusations of racism, why do you have some victims of racism dead? That's all messed up. Only victim of racism is supposed to be dead if there's any kind of action taken and all like that, depending on what the action was, would be the person who took action against the racist. That's the only person who's supposed to be dead other than the racists themselves, racist suspects. That's it. Nobody else. Nobody else under any circumstance, period. No such thing as collateral damage and all that. No. Doesn't register at all. There's nowhere on the scale. It just winds up being another Crips and Blood type thing. That's all. Okay, how you shake it up and pour it, that's how it comes out. Dead is serious business. Anytime anybody is dead, that should be looked upon as serious business, not routine. In counter-racist science. In racist science, or in racist science, anybody could be dead. I mean, <laughs> racists love dead bodies, period. Stacked to the ceiling. That's their whole thing. That's enjoyment. Down to racist science is not about enjoyment of any kind of death making. It's totally serious. And all of it is supposed to be precision work. It's not supposed to be any oops moments. Oh, sorry about that. No, it doesn't work that way. Everybody involved in anything that has to do with death-making and counter-racist science is supposed to really be razor-sharp in whatever they go about doing if somebody winds up dead. 
report anything like that. That shouldn't even pass anybody's lips. One person coming out, you know, sounding all official and whatnot, talking about, oh, we only had, you know, uh, 200 deaths this month. When last month, you know, we had 280. So, boy, you know, we're doing great. That is the height of insanity. To even be thinking like that. Not to say anything about making a report like that. Ever. And I'm talking about something like, like even traffic deaths. I mean, that, 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 that thing of just looking at somebody dead, like that's nothing. Everybody has gotten in that frame of mind. In the system of racism. And that's pitiful. Well, I'll have to talk to you later about it. I got to go back out. I definitely appreciate it. Um, I will be in touch after you get some more information on it. I, I appreciate even that, though, Mr. Fuller. Okay, well, okay, but hey, that's, that's my frame of reference for it. I mean, you know, that's what I have to say up to this point. And I don't think that's going to change, of course, just on, based on what you've told me so far. That's all messed up, all of it from top to bottom. But, of course, who's to blame? The white supremacists are to blame. Now, I'll say that, too. There's a part of note. But they're always to blame. This is the kind of stuff they engineer. Right from the beginning, they are to blame for all of it. Not some of it, all of it. Because it's in their system. Okay, we'll talk. Absolutely. Take care, right. Mr. Porter. Yes, sir. Right. To share uh, about the guest uh, or any other items related to racism uh, should be, I think, our caller in the Bronx, Estat. Anything you all wanted to, uh, to share? Good afternoon. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Um, just touching on what we talked about the show last week about the victim by the name of Christopher Dorner, basically recapping the news. Um, as I entered the office today, I was uh, bombarded with all these questions by a lot of my uh, racist suspect coworkers trying to solicit me for opinions, what did I think of it, and so forth. And then I had uh, one black male co-worker coming to the office and you know he was like oh we have to he said this loud he's like we have to stick together they killed the brother we gotta stick together and he was saying it loud and he was saying it in a joking manner and i noticed a lot of white folks perked up and looked to see whether he was being serious or whether he was joking or not and it's just hard on a day-to-day basis to go into the workplace environment. I, I can't imagine what Christopher Dorner dealt with on a day-to-day basis, um, being an enforcement official. And when you have events like what is alleged to have occurred yesterday with him, in addition to the State of the Union address with President Barack Obama, and deal with folks who try to solicit your opinion so that they can gauge whether or not you are a non-aggressive Negro or if you are a combative or troublesome sort of Negro. So just my, I guess, just getting that out because, you know, it's a pretty hard day on the plantation for me. Wow. I'm not surprised. I thought when I was watching television yesterday evening, um, it just, it, it was Chris Matthews. It was Chris Matthews, the white guy that was calling everybody a racist 
during the presidential election. He was calling Donald Trump and uh, I think former Governor Sununu and some of the other white people that were making blatantly racist comments. He was calling folks out left and right, calling them a racist. He was on last night, and this is on uh, MSNBC. He said, there are 350 million people in America, and tonight we'll be focused on two. President Obama stated the union address and Christopher Dorner. I just thought, wow, that is that is incredible. Like it was it was more than once during the evening. They had a split screen and on one side was the State of the Union and the other side was the standoff with uh, Christopher Dorner. And uh, it, I mean, it was just incredible. I had said that. I think several people had said that before they thought, you know, somehow, you know, President Obama will be implicated in this, too. But uh, I, I just that was, in my view, sending out some really strong messages to white people about how they should be feeling about black people. Um in addition, the workplace incident, that is, that is amazing. <laughs> I mean, that is, I feel like that is taking your job, your security, and your hands right there, uh, making that sort of comment and not understanding racism, white supremacy, not understanding white people. Like, wow. Um, <laughs> I don't even, that's, what did you, what did you say? Like when the, the victim was, was doing this, we got to stick together. They, they killed the brother. What did, how did you respond to that? Well, I, I, I said to him, I said, well, who exactly are the weak? And he says, the brothers. And I said, well, I don't know all the facts of the actual case. I know what the news media reported, and I know that they said that he is alleged to have committed a number of so-called crimes. I don't have any evidence of these so-called crimes, and I don't know whether this individual is terminated or not. So therefore, I don't know the actual facts. And then he was like, oh, here you go again with the conspiracy stuff. And then it really got the white folks perked up. So they started looking at me and what does he mean, conspiracy stuff? And I said, well, I don't deal with any conspiracy theories. I'm, I, I'm unfortunately living in conspiracy reality. And I said, um, you know, but I don't engage in trying to discuss what happened or what didn't happen on the news. I don't know. So I'm not going to have that conversation. But it, it, it was just, it, I guess it was what Neely Phil Jr. would call racial showcasing in the sense that this individual really was trying very, very hard to try to get myself as well as a number of other victims engaged in a conversation for the benefit of white people to hear what black people thought about Christopher Donner. Wow. Yeah, that is, that is, uh, wow. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Being around confused victims can be dangerous. Um, for your livelihood, safety, I mean, wow. And that, that really has been a big part of why I've been, you know, hoping non-white people will be cautious. They will reserve judgment. <clears throat> we'll refrain from responding with a lot of emotion. Like, I was I was concerned. Like, I was listening to a radio broadcast where they were talking about the, the Dorner situation. And it was black people. And they took the Dorner situation. And it was black people. And they took a break. And they played NWA's 100 Miles and Running when they took the break and I just, I just thought, wow, that is, that is way significant. Like why would they choose this or who chose this song to be played? Um, because it seemed like they were taking a similar stance, uh, like in support of what this guy was doing. And this is, you know, he was striking out against a racist police department, historically racist police department. And I just thought, wow, that is, I felt it just, it felt very, I'm even going to re- reserve thought. It was just, I will reserve thought until I can, can come up with the best way to describe it. But just particularly knowing, if you know anything about NWA, I even was reminded of Professor Griff and him talking about how white people constructed that group uh, and for what purpose, why they constructed that particular group. 
uh, and looking at the arc of, of the people that were in that group and where they had, it was just fascinating. I'll reserve comment until I can put words together that are constructive and accurate in, with regards to how I feel about it. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because this individual uh, came into the office playing NWA, fuck the police, and then playing Dr. Dre. Uh, I think the song is The Day the Niggas Took Over on the Chronic album. And he was playing that repeatedly, playing it pretty loud in the office. So it's pretty interesting that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, wow, that is just, woo, confusion is lethal. <laughs> confusion is lethal. That is. I mean, yeah, Victor, you can do what you want. I just, that is, wow, wow. Like that, to me, that would be the equivalent if you have seen, if you have seen Roots and after Nat Turner, like if you could go and get a shirt printed out that says uh, uh, something with a photo of Nat Turner on the front of it, like on the plant. I mean, wow, like you are asking for trouble from white people. You are majorly asking for a lot of attention, a lot of trouble from white people. Like, uh, I don't know, an NWA of all groups, like just... I was, I was thinking, I can at least say this part, I was thinking with NWA, white people are very good at deception, and they are very good at packaging images of non-white people that should be vilified or celebrated or what, however they want you to feel about that group. They are very good at that, even even packaging together groups of, of non-white people and saying, oh, these are, these are gangsters or terrorists, evildoers. Like, they are very... Uh, very skilled at that and the, the people don't even have to be you know criminals they could just be whatever actors they're not doing any of that but the whole world will be convinced that they're whatever white people have said gangsters terrorists whatever the case may be it's very uh yeah more to come on that you know, yes sir. You know, it, was, it, it was sad because uh one of uh one of my other co-workers a white female who um dresses very masculine and she's only been there about She's a temp, so she's been there about a week, maybe even less than a week. I think she got there maybe last Friday. So she's only about a week new to the department. And when he was playing the day that niggas took over, I think this, I think that's what the song is. Uh, she stood up and started rapping along with the song. And he was rapping with her, and they were rapping back and forth, imitating as if they were Dr. Dre and you know some of the other death row individuals.
the emotional responses of victims of racism. And that's what this looks like to me. Like, just, I mean, that's, oh man, <laughs> that is just wild. Like, to know that that's happening, that's being repeated, like, that's the response. Like, people seeing this and, yeah, it's trying to get nigga with attitude CD. Yeah, this is a good time to listen to 100 miles and run in or F the police. So, I mean, I mean, it just seems cartoonish. It's, it's worse than Django Unchained. I mean, and that too, people comparing it, saying, uh, oh, Django. And I mean, it's just, it just feels so orchestrated and fake. Um, and I could be wrong. I will, I will mute my line. Uh, the Bronx call, you're with us as well. But the Django, has, has Django been, been popping up? Have you been hearing that merged with this dialogue on what's been going down with uh, Christopher Dorner? Oh, yeah. Uh, when, when I walked into the office, one of the uh, first things he said is, well, at least my man Django two of those MFs before he got smoked. So Django has become a term of, uh, I think, for some folks of killing white folks. At least he Django'd them. So, you know, I, I guess it's become a popular term now, a slang term. With you, I was going to play Dr. Dre the day the niggas took over. This is, it's in reference to the rioting that took place after the uh, decision, the verdict, the not guilty verdict in the Rodney King case, um, which is important because I have heard that mentioned, uh, even, you know, mentions that uh, in the manifesto that's been attributed to uh, Mr. Dorner. Uh, so I was going to play that since this song is being played along with other greatest hits from uh, NWA. Uh, just a little context. Uh, Dr. Dre, the day the niggas took over. I'm going to say this and I'm going to end mine. If you ain't down for the Africans here in the United States, period, right. point blank, if you ain't down for the ones that suffer in South Africa from apartheid and shit, then yeah, you need to step your fuck ass to the side and let us run it. And I'm not going to keep pulling up here. So I got to get my loot on and cover up 
homies the furniture stuff. Got a VCR in the back of my car. Better gang from the slums and swap me. And motherfuckers better not try to stop me. Cause they will see that I can't be stopped. Cause I'ma cock my clock and pop till they all drop.
concrete, you know, answers, ways of demonstrating how this had a constructive impact on black people. Five years, six years, a month, three months down the road. I think that absolutely we should be doing that. But in terms of a new way of thinking, a new way of responding, I will. I should have. I'd really been on my toes. I would have had a clip from Randall Robinson. He did a great interview on Book TV. I did make a sound clip of him saying uh, he had a, a dull dislike of white people, and I just thought that was great. Um, but he also, in that same interview, he said he was in the Caribbean. He was in front of a group of black people, and he asked them, "How many of you all know who Toussaint Louverture is?" And no one raised their hand. And he said, "How many?" I kid you not. He says, how many of you all know who Snoop Dogg is? And everyone raised their hand. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that just, that says it all right there. Uh, because whether it's Tucson Overture or Omar Thornton or Colin Ferguson, Lavelle Mixon, Maurice Clemens, Mark Essex, there have been many, 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 many black people who have used counterviolence. Uh, and went out and killed white people, specifically even killed white police officers. Mark Essex in New Orleans, he was targeting white, or I can't even say that, he was targeting police officers, but he too killed uh, black people. Uh, but he was targeting the police department, he said explicitly because of racism. Uh, Lavelle Mixon, he was targeting the police department in Oakland right after, in response to uh, the Oscar Grant shooting in 2009. Uh, Maurice Clemens, that's right here in Seattle, uh, 2009, same year as the uh, Oscar Grant shooting and Lavelle Mixon uh, killing several police officers in Oakland. Maurice Clemens, he killed, I believe it was three officers, and he shot a fourth uh, before he was ultimately killed. Uh, and they also put some of his family, uh, got fed time as well for aiding and abetting a cop killer. Uh, point being is that these sort of things happen pretty regularly on the plantation, and it doesn't seem to do anything to replace white supremacy with justice. It doesn't seem to do anything long-range to improve things for black people. In fact, most black people don't even remember these folks. Uh, Nat Turner, you could probably put him on that list. Maybe some people have a vague reference, but they don't really have a deep understanding of what he was about. That's been my experience for the most part. And like I said, it's people 2009. You don't have to go back that far. It's people recent people who, you know, have done the exact same thing. And I mean, you can see that I've seen the results. It just gives white people an excuse to uh, go on the attack against black people. It gets them revved up. That's what they enjoy doing. Murder and death. That's what they love. That's the racial what is it psychopathic racial personality what dr bobby e wright talks about wisdom of psychopaths this is what they enjoy killing go out that's what we get to do we get over and they get paid to do it after all the overtime hours white people accrued in la california searching to kill a black male how could it get any better we get paid money to hunt a black male are you serious and i get some time on television oh man i would mute my line when i was listening to the record you know but I have to be direct and honest and admit I was really bopping my head to that record. And, and I was really just thinking about the early 90s when that was a record that I drove around in my car and I played it loud repeatedly over and over again and just thinking about, you know, the impact that that particular record, that particular album itself had on me. I mean, I didn't even realize how deep of an impact it had on me until the record began to play. And I realized that I know every single word of that record. That, that's, that's quite telling, you know. And even earlier when I watched my coworkers, my two coworkers rapping in, in the office and the white female uh, doing the Dr. Dre part and no one uh, 
to Palmbridge with her, uh, having a great deal, saying nigga this, nigga that, whatever. It was pretty interesting, you know. Now, you just really don't sit down and really think about how impactful content is on you, particularly music. And uh, I can just imagine a lot of people right now playing that NWA album and really get them in that mindset as if they're going to go out there and do something to racist man, racist woman, racist child, and find themselves outmanned and outgunned, outgunned and in a turkey shoot. Anywho, uh, one of our listeners emailed us in. They said, I must admit that the mental masturbation of hearing that Dre song felt good. Out of frustration, so many black people are praising this guy. I saw his Facebook page, and it seemed like he, like most of his pictures were about his military and laws, law enforcement career, his degree, and his white friends. I suspect he was devastated when the rhetorical ethic was destroyed. I use the, his posting of the Jesse Jackson race card as an example of confusion, and he did put that on my Facebook page. I think that was one of the images that uh, Christopher Dorn, that's been attributed to his Facebook page. Might not even be white people could have put that up. Um, and in fact, that's what I've seen. White people tend to get on that anyway. But yeah, he's got this uh, Jesse Jackson race card. But even that, that contradicts what I've heard. They have been saying that racism, I heard this on uh Davey D's radio program uh, earlier this week, he said, or he was talking to a guest who reported or alleged to be a friend, quote unquote, of Dorner. And he said that Dorner had been focused on racism like all of his life. Uh, it's in the manifesto that's attributed to him that he was called nigger in school. Uh, he was at a Christian school or what have you, and they were calling him nigger. Uh, and he says that the guest that was on said that this was also a problem while he was in college in Utah uh, dealing with racism. Apparently some blatant white supremacists. Uh, and then it kept reoccurring while he was at LAPD. I mean, I just don't understand. I don't understand why somebody, if they have, have consistently been complaining about racism, why they would have a race card photo. That doesn't make, that, does, that just doesn't make sense to me. Most of this doesn't make sense to me. Um, um, I was going to, uh, I was going to play 100 Miles and Running and then we can, we can rap. I thought this was interesting because this was played. I, the context when I heard this there was a program, it was non-white people, they were talking about Dorner, they took a commercial break, and this is what they played. And this was, it was before yesterday, uh, before Tuesday. So this was before the whole cabin thing. I think there had been no updates. There had been no new reports. They didn't know where he was. He hadn't surfaced. There had been no sightings, nothing. So that was when this played, uh, when they when they had this song. This is NWA, same group, NWA. 100 miles and running. Context of white supremacy. And why do we call ourselves niggas for life? Because if we die, we still gonna be some dead niggas. Since the stereo 
FBI sources tell us that the four are headed 100 miles to their home base, Compton. Leave me a motherfucking evil. So I can tell you why I'm running with my brothers, headed for the home base. Steady face on the face that just reach waste. The road ahead goes on and on. This shit is getting longer than a motherfucking marathon. Running on but never running out. Stand by. And if I get tired, I can still try out a hitchhike. If that's what it got to. But nobody's picking up a nigga with an attitude confused.
Ice Cube. Now, white people in the late 80s, early 90s packaged him as a criminal, thug, dangerous hoodlum, killer. This same person is now packaged and does family movies, slapstick comedies. Same person. Before it was, he had a gun, death, ugh, all the time. Same, the, everything that you just heard. That was the whole image that they packaged. This is what they marketed. This is the way we want you to think about this victim of racism. 20 years down the road, he's doing G-rated family movies with Nia Long. And I'm not mad. Nia Long is gorgeous. Hey, right on. I'm just saying, white people are master deceivers. Keep that in mind. And I would also just say, just evaluate Professor Griff on this very program. He talked about his view about racism, white supremacy, and how that, how racists manipulated and used that group and to what ends. Uh, that was uh, on his first visit to the cows, 2009. Uh, also, just look at, you know, some of the people that were involved. Uh, given what we've talked about, topics that have come up on this program, the fact that we have been told uh, Easy e died from AIDS. So we have been told, given, you know, information we've shared about what is known as AIDS on this program. Uh, Dr. Dre, not only is he affiliated with this group, he is also the person who's looked at as being responsible for the uh, prolific careers of Eminem and 50 Cent. You can evaluate their music if you think it's constructive. I think Eminem, Elvis of, of uh, hip hop, a lot of racism, white supremacy there. And Dr. Dre would also be connected with them and you know, them being as popular as they are. Um, already touched on Ice Cube. Just even Snoop Dogg's career. <laughs> just follow, you know. I, I would just say again, anything, if you, uh, white supremacists, white people, they have constructed their system so that it is lucrative. It is profitable to practice racism. As I said, you got a lot of white enforcement officers, male and female, who just racked up a lot of overtime in the apparent death of a victim of racism, at least what's been alleged. They make it very lucrative. Anything that supports the system of racism, white supremacy, and I'd say the black people that are in this group, they seem to have, you know, made a lot of money putting out this sort of content. You can evaluate for yourself if you think it is constructive or if this is something that is just helping to maintain, strengthen the system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, I will mute my line. Anybody want to get in anything else? Just, just that song itself. As I was hearing it, I was sitting here uh, jotting down notes for my own manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Some of the songs that I like today. It's pretty interesting. 